welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Wang, and today we'll be analyzing how the boy band Brockhampton fits into the American narrative of class, power, and inequality. Brockhampton has a vast body of work, all of which have extensive commentary on topics such as race, sexuality, identity, and class struggles. We won't be able to talk about them all, but we will highlight key messages and discuss their impact as a cultural movement. Let's get started. To better understand Brockhampton's music, we must first gain an understanding of who Brockhampton is. The band's formation started with their most publicly notable member, Kevin Abstract, along with several of his high school friends. In an online post on a Kanye forum, they found others who were interested in producing music, eventually forming what we know today as Brockhampton. Brockhampton is a multicultural, queer-inclusive boy band whose genre is mostly associated with rap and hip-hop. Notably, many of the members come from difficult and traumatic backgrounds, having dealt with extensive racism, homophobia, poverty, and abuse. In the song Fight, from their critically acclaimed Saturation 2 album, Amir Van, a black man, recounted his early childhood encounter with racism. My male role models, drug dealers, and thugs. My father learned how to solve problems with guns. And when I grew up, I learned what racism was and what teaching it does. And like my teachers would say, little black boys have a place in the world, like hanging from trees or dead in the street, like I seen on TV. All them boys they killed, they look just like me. Not like Brandon or Chandler, but Malik and Kareem. I was born with a target, and it stuck to my skin. And I learned in social studies I was one of the men who were locked in the chains but not locked in a pen. But I'm bigger than that. I'm the beginning and end. His verse starts with, My male role models, drug dealers and thugs, my father learned how to solve problems with guns. This is alluding to his childhood growing up around the stereotypical black gangster life of drugs, guns, and violence. He continues with, And when I grew up, I learned what racism was and what teaching it does. And like my teachers would say, little black boys have a place in this world, like hanging from trees or dead in the street. As a child, his education exposed him to the history of violent racism in America with grueling acts such as black lynchings. Amir groups these now-viewed outdated and criminal acts of public lynchings to the current day's police brutality. This violent education goes beyond school as Amir raps, Like I seen on TV, all them boys they killed, they looked just like me. Not like Brandon or Chandler, but Malik and Kareem. I was born with a target and it stuck to my skin. Brandon and Chandler are stereotypically white names, while Malik and Kareem are black names. This speaks to the constant media coverage of the violence towards blacks and speaks to what America believes to be black people's place in society. Such early enforcement of racially charged education causes Amir to believe that his very existence was a danger to himself and a target for society, a target intertwined in the color of his skin. In the book American Apartheid, authors Douglas Massey and Nancy Denton more broadly identify such a childhood as a nationwide situation, writing, Because of racial segregation, a significant share of Black America is condemned to experience a social environment where poverty and joblessness are in welfare, where educational failures prevail, and where social and physical deterioration abound. Through prolonged exposure to such an environment, black chances for social and economic success are drastically reduced. However, Amir does not accept these shackles as he continues rapping, and I learned in social studies I was one of them men who were locked in the chains but not locked in the pen, but I'm bigger than that, I'm the beginning and end. 
Amir proclaims that although he's not physically in prison or locked in the pen, he's locked in different ways through the chains that society places on him with systemic racism and discrimination. He refuses to allow society to inhibit his full potential when he proclaims that he's bigger than that. This rejection of society's chains also takes the form in a double entendre of the word pen, with pen being both the synonym for the word cage while also referring to the writing utensil, the line holds an alternate meaning that his freedom in pen refers to the freedom he has in his lyrics and voice. The overall empowering message of this song may also be gleaned from the instrumentals present throughout. The instrumentals are reminiscent of traditional Egyptian music, a theme also present in Frank Ocean's song, Pyramids, where the first half of the song tells a story in the setting of ancient Egypt. The setting is meant to represent a time of black power, where black women are respected and loved, and black men have positions of honor and power. When considering how often this group cites Frank Ocean as an inspiration, such a parallel suggests the usage of traditional Egyptian music as a representation of black power and ultimately this song as a call for black empowerment. The oppression and adversity of black people in American society is further explored in the song Ben Carson. No difference, man. Black and white like a pilgrim. Plymouth landing on me like a kid. Y'all oppress this, oppress this. Question that's... In these lines, Brockhampton member Merlin is referring to Malcolm X's famous declaration from his Ballot or the Bullet speech. We are African, and we happen to be in America. We're not American. We are people who formerly were Africans who were kidnapped and brought to America. We... Our forefathers weren't the pilgrims. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock was landed on us. This idea that black Americans have a different history and live in a different America than white Americans is a recurring theme in Brockhampton's work. Their song Team from the Saturation 3 album illustrates this bleaker side of America. Little old me, I thought my world was progressive Cause my president was black 25 lighters on the dresser I had guilt trip on my back And a bulletproof vest Inside my uncle George Toyota Was a walking crack Kevin Abstract starts off talking about a younger, more naive age where he believed in the progression of society because of President Obama's election to office, only to realize that the world remained to be as hateful, bigoted, and unaccepting as before. Society only sees him as a walking Crayola, with Crayola being the popular crayon brand. Abstract is alluding to how society only sees his color rather than his humanity. Following this verse, Amir then takes the mic. I got a hard time. I gotta watch myself. The way I move through a room full of suits ain't no, ain't no constitution. I hate uniforms. I hate handcuffs. I can't stand up. They throw me in the crowd and tell me, boy, I lose that smile. But see, I got it from my dad, and that's the reason why we had. I raised my black fist. I got big lips. I'm strong as Samson. They cut my fucking locks. I lose my fucking strength. The first lines of Amir's verse, 
I got a hard time, I gotta watch myself. The way I move through a room full of suits is indicative of the different awareness black people are forced to have. The people in suits are representative of a socioeconomic culture of people who are usually white. And when Amir is around them, he is forced to analyze and adjust his own behavior to make those with stereotypes about black people more comfortable. The next few lines, ain't no, ain't no constitution, I hate uniforms, I hate handcuffs, I can't stand up, refers to how the United States Constitution, which is effectively America's social contract, is not applied equally to, to those of color. With each grievance Amir expresses, a background voice replies to him, representing society's voice. His grievances, I hate uniforms and I hate handcuffs, refers to his dislike of the police. Society's voice then replies with a laugh, indicating how America does not take the unequal rights and police brutality seriously, effectively laughing off the problem. The line, I hate handcuffs, is paired with the line, I can't stand up, indicating how oppression and police brutality restricts black potential and more deeply black humanity as standing is a pose associated with dignity and equality. Society then replies with the shut up n-word, representing the violent silencing of black rebellion and oppression. Let's listen to that segment one more time. Ain't no, ain't no constitution. I hate uniforms. I hate handcuffs. I can't stand up. Amir comments more on the repression of black potential in his next few lines. I raise my black fist. I got my big lips. I'm strong as Samson. They cut my fucking locks. I lose my fucking strength. The raised fist and big lips create an imagery of black power. Amir then references Samson, a biblical figure with legendary strength who in a tale of betrayal lost his strength when his hair was cut and was then enslaved by the Philistines. This metaphor re-emphasizes the violation of black people and black power. In their song Cash, Brockhampton expresses frustration and how this oppression affects black people in every facet of society. The lyrics are Whose society is this? Who delayed my first kiss? Who command my scholarship and kick us out our neighborhood? Play our music, make them rich. Play our music, make amends. Box us in like plantains. Free all my Africans. This frustration is amplified as Merlin and Abstract point out how America loves to embrace and profit from black culture, but aren't helping or respecting the people who created it. This sentiment is also expressed in their song, Fight. Samaria, y'all fetishize my spirit. I see your coaches dependent on what you did and they hear. I won't let my world be attempted. I'm staying distant. The lyrics go, Y'all fetishizing my spirit, I see your culture's dependent on what you didn't inherit. Won't let my world be attempted, I'm staying distant. Here, Brockhampton member Dom McLennan emphasizes how American and white culture is dependent on taking things from other cultures, ones that they didn't inherit, and perversing them for market value, essentially fetishizing its spirit. The song No Halo expresses general dismay at the increasing restrictions of American society. This year my papa said the only way to breathe is to scream Pop the stitches from society and fall to my knees The machines we've been afraid I get harder to please But I believe to an extreme Here the lyrics go They seal my mouth and said the only way to breathe is to scream 
pop the stitches from society and fall to my knees. The machines weave in our fates are getting harder to please. In the line, the machines weave in our fates are getting harder to please, Dom expresses the increasing struggle of making it in today's society, a struggle that many Americans face. As Dom himself grew up and spent most of his time prior to Brockhampton as a lower-class American, he has personally experienced the increasing difficulty of surviving in America. Sugar, similarly, describes this constant grind. The lyrics go, Trying to find a way to make the pain stop. Overtime on the graveyard. Got an N-word feeling brainwashed. My instability's trademark. Copy written in all my decision. This is not supposed to be a way of living. Here, overtime on the graveyard refers to the graveyard shift, a work shift typically from midnight to 8 a.m. It represents the ugly and bleak realities that lower-class Americans face as they are forced to work ridiculous hours with no prospects of a better future ahead. This narrative is especially relevant with American listeners, with the poverty rate in the United States being 17%, the second highest of all nations and the highest of all rich nations. In addition, the United States also maintains considerable gaps in both wealth and income, gaps that are considerably larger for both people of color and women. These gaps are considerable specifically in comparison with other nations of similar wealth. With this in perspective, Brockhampton especially resonates with the average American through carving an honest depiction of day-to-day -day life. Another reality Brockhampton expresses is that of the experience of a queer man, more specifically a black queer man, as their most notable member, Kevin Abstract, is openly gay. In the song Boogie, Abstract describes the self-censorship and oppression forced upon him, not only from society, but more personally from his family. The lyrics go, what are the rules for breakfast today? What are the words I'm forbidden to say? I need to let my hair down and grow it like a real-ass bitch, a real-ass bitch, bitch. In this verse, breakfast, a meal at the beginning of the day typically spent with family, represents Abstract's home life. Abstract asks what the rules are and what words he cannot say, expressing his frustration at the restriction from his family disapproval of his sexuality and who he truly is. He yearns to be himself and let his hair down like a real ass bitch. In Junkie, the censorship and oppression shows a grim reality as Abstract describes the violent rejection of his sexuality from society. Why you always rap about being gay? Cause not enough niggas rap and be gay. Where I come from, niggas get caught faggot and killed. So I'ma get hit from a nigga right here. And they can come cut my head off and my legs off and I'ma still be a boss so my head gone, yeah. The lyrics go, why you always rap about being gay? Cause not enough n-word rappin' be gay. Where I come from, n-words get called f-slur and killed. So I'ma get head from an n-word right there. And they can come and cut my head off and, and my legs off and, and I'ma still be a boss till my head gone, yeah. In this verse, Abstract is defiant against this homophobic violence, proclaiming his gay pride no matter what terrible act society does to him. 
He is adamant about his importance as representation, saying, I do the most for the culture, nigga, by just existing. As a gay black hip hop artist, Kevin Abstract and Brockhampton as a whole break barriers in both the hip hop community and society. An article in the Highlander states that this air of homophobia, or rather an obsession with heteronormativity and masculinity, is something that anyone who has kept up with hip-hop culture is very familiar with. Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, The Game, and T.I. are just a few of the many rappers who have used the homophobic F-slur in their lyrics. An article in the Black American Literature Forum notes that as early as 1991, references to and representations of African-American homosexuality seemed to be a rite of passage among black male rappers. In an interview with MTV, Kanye discusses this relationship between hip-hop and homophobia. Like, damn, you know, hip-hop really is about, um, it seemed like it's about, like, fighting for your rights in the beginning, about speaking your mind and about breaking down barriers or whatever. But everybody in hip-hop discriminates against gay people. To me, like, that's one of the standards of hip-hop, is to be like, yo, you fag, you gay. Matter of fact, the exact opposite word of hip-hop, I think, is gay. <laughs> like, yo, you play a record, and it's, it's like, whack? That's gay, dog. You know, if it's good, that's that hip-hop right there. You see what I'm saying? It's like the exact opposite, so it's like... With hip-hop being more LGBTQ plus discriminatory than other genres, Brockhampton defies expectations in both success and societal labels. From the critical acclaim of their Saturation trilogy to the group's first Billboard 100 song and platinum record, Brockhampton has produced an impressive body of work, yet has only just started their musical career. They are part of a cultural movement aiming to redefy and challenge societal expectations of how race, sexuality, and class are portrayed in the media. In hip-hop specifically, they represent a refreshing wave of honest narratives and thought-provoking commentary, all while challenging preconceived notions on what hip-hop music should be about and what a hip-hop artist should be like. More broadly, Brockhampton breaks the mold of what a boy band is defined as. Many media outlets often cite the group as a self-proclaimed boy band rather than just a boy band. Well, yeah, you guys are a self-proclaimed boy band. No, we are no, a boy no, band. No, 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 we are a boy you band. You are a boy band. Ain't no self-proclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you see some black <laughs> or some gay <laughs> don't mean nothing, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> boy band, boy band. <laughs> what drew you guys to calling yourselves a boy band? Because we're a bunch of boys uh, and we're in a band. This stems from the Western convention of what a boy band is. In an article titled, We're Darker Than Other Boy Bands, But We're Still Very American, How Brockhampton Broke the Mold, Brockhampton member Hamani states, the American idea of a boy band is like five straight conventionally attractive white dudes. I come from a South Asian background, and I'm not supposed to be doing any of this. I'm supposed to be a doctor, or work at 7-Eleven, or be an engineer. So even beyond the boy band thing, doing something out of the norm for my culture in general is big to me. In an article by Complex, Brockhampton is described as deconstructing how a multicultural, DIY, queer-inclusive group of young men can be defined. It's a way of preempting the conversation. And that's exactly what Brockhampton is doing. They're starting honest conversations about serious topics and bringing a voice of pride and outrage to the oppressed and underrepresented. They speak to the people who don't have the luxury to fantasize about fame and sex, topics often glorified in pop music, but find solace in their struggles, frustrations, and confusion embodied in musical works. 
With the youth of its members and with American society still having a long way to go, Brockhampton is just getting started.